Well, welcome home and welcome to the Mount Carmel Ministries podcast. Thank you for joining us this week for Wayne's final teaching session on the book of Philippians. I love that, drawing a circle around your mistakes and walking away, leaving them inside that circle. I thought that was such a great picture. And uh, a sports analogy again, but Paul used all kinds of sports analogies, as you know. Draw a circle around your mistakes. Ties in with what Willie was sharing about her life. Leaving the past behind. The song, I look not back. God knows the fruitless efforts, the wasted hours, the regrets. I leave them all with him who blots the record and graciously forgives and then forgets. It's hard for us to forget our sins. We know God forgives us, but he can do something that we can't do. He can forget. (laughs) We think forgetting is a weakness. God has the unusual ability to forget our sins. He remembers them no more. Isn't that a miracle? He doesn't even remember them. And he's almighty, all-knowing God. Go, Go figure that mystery out, but that's what the Bible says. Okay, I'm going to have to kind of uh, push the pedal to the metal here to finish Philippians. Uh, Tried to manage the time as well as I could. But there's just, I'm going to, let's just walk through it here. Therefore, therefore, and whenever you see therefore, you have to look behind and see what the therefore is there for. And the therefore is there because of pressing towards the goal what God is going to do for us and our bodies in the future. So he says, dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. Because of what God has done, because of what's coming up, stay true to the, to the Lord. I love you. I long to see you for you are my, there it is for the 16th time, joy. Because of the joy, you are my joy. Now, The part, if you're following your outline, this is the live positively part. Uh, First of all, he encourages two women that weren't getting along. Learn to get along. Live in harmony. Uh, These are relational problems, not doctrinal problems. But uh, as we've talked earlier, disunity destroys our testimony to the world. They look at us, we can't get along. Those Christians can't get along with each other. Why should I be a part of that? Can I ask you something at this stage of your life? Is there somebody out there you need to be reconciled with? <clears throat> I say this out of personal experience because, you know, <laughs> uh, some wag has said friends come and go, but enemies accumulate. And that can happen in your life unless you can forgive and be reconciled. And in the past few years, uh, okay, I'm in my early 70s, and I've had to go to certain people, is there, can we just start over? I approached uh, one guy at Moody. We separated not on great terms. And I approached him, John, are we okay? Are, are, are we okay in light of what's happened? And he assured me, no, that's past, it's all, don't worry about it. There was a, a gentleman, uh, big in Christian broadcasting, that did some terrible things to damage my reputation back 15 years ago. And it was hard to carry that. I tried to forgive him. He's uh, in his upper 80s. He approached me at a convention and says, Wayne, I didn't treat you well back in the days, and will you forgive me? That's pretty cool. That one's cleared up. 
my brother. I've had a, my brother hasn't spoken to me for six years because of some disagreement over the sale of our farm, our family farm. Something didn't go his way. He was mad at me. He wouldn't even look at me. He wouldn't talk to me. Just in the last month, we've been reconciled. Little by little, I want to go to see the Lord with all of those relationships reconciled, and I'm back in fellowship with these people that are important in my life. Maybe there's somebody you need to go to and say, you know, we've had our differences in the past. Can we forgive each other and move on? So let's, let's go on. Verse 4. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, joy. I, do you get the idea that joy is important to him? Here he's in prison, in a Roman prison, under house arrest, and he says, always be full of the joy of the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do, and remember, the Lord is coming soon. You've got to clean this up. You've got to live with joy. You've, you've got to rejoice. Joy is not dependent on circumstances. Joy comes from Christ in us. Outer circumstances shouldn't affect our joy because joy comes from within. Verse 5, we should have a gentle spirit. We, we, should, we should be lenient to one another's faults. We should be forgiving and tolerant. Why? Because the Lord is near. The Lord is near in two ways. One, he's near to us because he's always in us. You know, that little goodbye thing we do reminds us God is there beside us, behind us, above us. The Lord is near. But also the second double meaning of this is the Lord is coming soon. His coming is near. So it kind of says, hey guys, clean up your act. Jesus is coming back. We're to have a gentle spirit reflecting of Christ. And then verse 6, don't be anxious. Wow. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Okay, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and then thank him for what he's done. One person simplified prayer this way. Prayer is help and thanks. <laughs> Two words, help and thanks. And this verse is a little bit more theological. Don't worry. Pray about everything, every little thing. Nothing's too small for God. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will, uh, Tim, I love how you recited this verse from memory last night. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything anyone can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, my peace I give to you, not the kind of peace the world gives. Let not your heart be troubled. Let it not be afraid. You believe in God, believe also in me. Don't be anxious. The peace that passes understanding. Anxiety is the lack of trust in God. Let God know your fears. Tell him your cares. And thank him for your joys. Pray about everything. Turn your worries into prayers. Don't let anxiety reflect a mistrust in God. Prayer, supplication, thanksgiving in everything. Uh, I had a pastor years ago that said this, yesterday is a canceled check. Tomorrow is a promissory note. Today is cash. (laughs) 
that we can spend in serving God. Yesterday's cancel check, tomorrow's a promissory note, today is a cash that we can spend in serving God. Philippians 4, 7, the peace of God that passes all understanding will, pa- uh, will guard your heart. The guard is a military term. It's like a sentinel standing guard over your heart. When you put your troubles before the Lord, the peace of God is like a, a soldier standing guard on your heart so that you can have peace with God. Verse 8. This is a great verse. We're going we're to camp on this for a few minutes. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Folks, this is one of the toughest things to do in our world. We've got COVID. We've got lawlessness. We've got evil. We've got politics. We've got our world is in a mess. You watch TV and you get depressed. You read the newspaper, you get anxious. You, we're so divided as a country. And Nothing is predictable anymore. Are the kids going to be in school or not? Are we going to be able to visit our friends in a nursing home or not? Are we going to be able to go to this wedding? Are we going to be able to have a funeral? Uh, What about our 401k? You know, all this stuff. Paul says, whatever is true, not false, whatever is admirable, not disgraceful, Whatever is right, not wrong. Whatever is pure, not unwholesome. Whatever is lovely or beautiful, not ugly. Whatever is admirable or worthy of praise. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Folks, if if followers of Jesus could have this as their motto, to think on the good things. It all depends upon what we're feeding our minds with. You've heard garbage in, garbage out. If you're taking in garbage, garbage is going to come out of your thought life and even your speech. But if you're taking in wholesome spiritual food, wholeness and wholesomeness and purity and love and excellence will come out of your life. What are you feeding on? Watch what you listen to on the radio. Uh, Guard what you listen to on the radio. Pay attention to the kind of movies you watch, the television shows, the literature you read, uh, the things that come into your home. You know, the psalmist says, I will not look on any evil thing. Refuse to look on things that are evil. Think on the good things. Think on the positive. Uh, Whatever things are true, this is God's word and God's spirit. Jesus Christ says, I am the way and the truth. Jesus is the truth. Things that are honorable, worthy of uh, respect. The sacred, not the profane. Things that are right. These are things that are aligned with God's standard for morality and righteousness and holiness. Things on things that are pure. Things that are morally clean. Things that are lovely. These are things that are pleasant and amiable and kind and gracious. Things that are of good report. These are things that are well thought of. Highly regarded. Things that are excellent, praiseworthy. What we think translates into our actions. Our actions translate into our habits. And our habits translate into a lifestyle. And our lifestyle translates into our character. 
I'm going to say that again. Our thoughts become our actions. Our actions become our habits. Our habits become our lifestyle. And our lifestyle becomes our character. Watch what you watch. Watch what you read. Be careful what you think about. Sometimes I just have to say, Holy Spirit, take these thoughts out of my mind because the evil one is attacking our thought process and putting impure or negative or evil thoughts of, of, of greed or, or lust or anxiety or worry or fear. These are all of the enemy. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and uh, a sound mind. Think on those things. Very, very uh, important part of the finish here. And practice these things. Verse, verse 9. Brothers and sisters, uh, as, you, as we're focusing on these, keep putting them into practice. All those things that you've learned from me. Everything you've seen me doing. Another sports analogy, David, I know is uh, there's, uh, when you watch somebody doing a good job, you can learn more by watching, say, somebody's golf swing. I'm not a golfer. But you watch a good golfer swing, and you watch it often enough, you begin to incorporate that motion into your life. Same with tennis. Same with uh, how, you, how you perform on the piano. You watch good pianists. You're inspired to be a better pianist. When you watch something good, you become that. And Paul is saying, watch me. Watch the way I do it. It's not a prideful thing. It's just Paul could say, watch my example. Watch me doing good things, and you'll become that, that way as well. I think it's a tremendous, tremendous thought. Now, we're going to skip down to verse 11, because this is an important one. Not that I have a need. Okay, Paul received this nice gift. Paphroditus sent a gift of money from the Philippians to Paul in the Roman prison. But, but he says, now, I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. Sounds kind of un-American, doesn't it? You know, remember John D. Rockefeller, the richest man of his time, somebody said, uh, what does it take for you to be satisfied as a rich man? And he said, just a little bit more. And a lot of us are like that. We just need just a little bit more. Where Paul says... I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I have learned how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, I love the practicality. The book of Proverbs says, better is a crust of bread with contentment than steak with strife. Better is a crust of bread with contentment than steak with strife. If you're always finding yourself always wanting more, ask God to remove that desire for more, to acquire more. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Verse 13, I can do everything through Christ, 
We have difficulties in our world, in our material world, but God's power is sufficient for us. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Um, the, the, the Greek word there, uh, God gives me strength, I can do all things, is to be strong or to put power in. God puts power in our lives, and God was able to give Paul the power and the strength to do all things. Verses 15 through 18. I'm watching the clock here, Mr. Tim and Mr. Dave, but um, Paul says, at the moment, I have all I need and more, generously supplied. And verse 19, the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs. Paul says, God takes care of me. He's going to take care of you. He will supply all your needs from his riches. God has unlimited riches. We're limited. God has unlimited riches. And uh, he cares for us. Paul says, he cares for me. He'll care for you too. The Philippians gave away. They gave sacrificially to supply Paul his needs. And Paul is saying, God will give back those riches to you. God will supply all your needs according to his riches. So give joyfully. Give generously. I just wrote a devotional for Praise Live yesterday on generosity. Give without a reservation to God. He's going to take care of you. I mean, it's not like some of the TV preacher says, give $100 and you'll give a million back. That's prosperity gospel and that's, that's uh, heresy. But... Don't be afraid to give generously because God's going to take care of you. He rewards not always financially, but he rewards. And part of it is just the joy we get in giving things away. Our generosity is a sweet aroma to God. And we need to separate our wants from our needs. God will supply all our needs. I may want a brand new car, but I don't need one. I'm fine driving my late model, used car, and whatever my desire might be, I don't need it. To separate our needs from our wants is crucial to this. And then verse 20 is, uh, we're big around, around here about doxologies, which I love. But uh, look at this doxology in verse 20. Now all glory to God our Father forever and ever. Amen. Verse 21, give greetings to each of God's holy people, all who belong to Christ Jesus. The brothers who are here with me send their greetings, and all the rest of God's people send you greetings too, especially those in Caesar's household. These are the, uh, the servants of the emperor of the Roman Empire, and they're followers of Jesus, and they're sending their greetings. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. The gospel is crossing all political, ethnic, and economic boundaries. The rich and the poor, the Jew and the Greek, the slaves and the free, even the Romans, the hated Romans, were coming to trust Christ. Rewinding back to what we studied yesterday. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow under heaven and earth, and every tongue, every language group shall confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And we are part of that family. 
And we will be part of that crowd someday because we have been redeemed, we have been restored, we have been forgiven, and we will be part of that family when Jesus said, blessed are you, come into my paradise forever and ever. Welcome home. Let's pray. God, our Father, thank you for these inspired words from your word. Thank you for speaking to us in 2020 from Paul in the first century. May we learn, whatever the hardship, to be content with what we have. May we, through the power of your Spirit, learn to be joyful when the world seems to be falling apart. May we trust you in all circumstances that you are good and you are God and you promise the final victory. Thank you for Jesus Christ who died for us, who became poor that we might become rich, who set aside his heavenly prerogatives and took upon himself a human form and became obedient even unto death, even the death of a cross, whereby God has exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at his name every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord to the glory of God. Thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this week on the Mount Carmel Ministries podcast. Next week, we're going to be dropping an episode each day for Thanksgiving from Walter or Skip Sunberg. He's going to be teaching us about examining of the self, repentance, worship, and the sacraments.